Arizona sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. Here with you on the Burns and Gambo show. We are live from Cardinals camp here at State Farm Stadium. We are anticipating talking with Isaiah Simmons as soon as practice is done. Practice is not quite done yet. It's probably going to wrap up sometime, honestly, in the next five or six minutes. So while we're looking forward to talking to the Starbacker, because he's got like the coolest nickname ever. But before that, let's talk about Kevin Durant, because we know, Gambo, that there's uh, a lot of people out there who want to know the very latest yeah. of what's going Kev- on with Kevin Durant. And we've got some latest today. The details of his meeting with owner Joe Sy of the Brooklyn Nets were made public today. Sham Sharania of The Athletic was the first one to report the details of those. He not only reiterated his trade request, he also informed the owner of the Nets that he needs to choose either Durant yeah. or the pairing of GM Sean Marks and Steve Nash. It's an ultimatum. One I mean, of those basically, needs to go. Basically what this is is an ultimatum from Kevin Durant. Either, either they go or I go. Now, I mean, he still doesn't have any leverage outside of I'm not going to play and walk away away from, you know, four years and, and all of that money, which is, I mean, 40-something million dollars a year he's making. I mean, they can still hold him to it. But it is very unlikely when you get to that point where you're saying, I, I want you to fire the head coach and fire the GM or I'm not playing. It's very unlikely that the organization is going to bring you back in there and play for those two guys that you're calling. It's just going to make for a miserable situation, a toxic environment, yep. chaotic. You're bringing it, you know, if Steve, Steve Nash knows this guy wants him fired, Sean Martin, he wants to be fired. So the ultimatum is fire those guys or trade me. Now, you could fire them. It's easy it's easier to replace a GM and a coach mm-hmm. than it is to replace a superstar player like Kevin Durant. 100%. Now, you know, it looks like you're giving in, right? Oh, you're letting the inmates run the asylum. You're letting the players... But they do that anyway. I mean, <laughs> the players run things anyway. You just don't see it. I mean, but the players have been running things for years. So, you know, it's... It, it, it's if you're not paying attention if you don't realize that superstar players control things. So he's just making it public. Fire the coach and the GM, maybe believing that they won't do it because, you know, that, that'll look bad on the owner. Okay, I'm going to listen to the player. I'm going to fire the coach and the GM. And maybe he thinks the owner won't do it because it will come back to him. Hey, you gave in to KD's demands. You're a weak owner. So maybe he feels like that's the way to get traded. If I'm Sean Marks right now, I know I can't bring this guy back. I think the least likely scenario now is he plays for the Nets. We're a week go. Everybody was saying the most likely scenario is he plays for the Nets. Remember, you actually had a, a story and, and every single, it was ESPN maybe, everybody, everybody that yes. was asked said... Five different writers on ESPN.com said they all think it's likely he's coming least back. Likely yeah. Least likely now. Least likely now. He's made it, that's the least likely scenario. This was his path out. I just didn't know if he was going to have the guts to walk it. This was the only, this was the only way a trade was going to happen was for yeah. him to be willing to be this big of a, for lack of a better word, a jerk about it. To go in and say, man, I ain't playing for that GM, I ain't playing for that coach, and that's that. And if they you don't do something fight. about it, I'm not going to show up. They could fire They could. Them. I mean, they, they could, could say, okay. I mean, you did give but the you, owner an option, like an out here, like, okay, I really want to keep you, so I'll fire those guys. Even though, like I said, even though it's just a depiction of what really happens anyway, it's so public that the owner's going to, like, the owner's going to look really, really bad. If hey, 
you listen to a player yeah. and you fired your coach and GM? But the owner's going to look really bad when he trades the player, too, and he doesn't get a full return for him, either. I mean, there's really yeah. no way Joe Sy can look good out of all well, of that's this, That's a good right? point, right? That's he, a good point. He can't, he can't He's win. not going to get equal value. No. It's going to look like a bad trade. Yep. Or if you, fire, if you keep him, you fire your coach and GM. Again, it happens all the time, but it's kind of done behind closed doors. Now, as far as the Suns and all of this, the, there's a story on The Athletic from Shams. Nowhere in the article are the Suns mentioned. Celtics are mentioned. The Raptors are mentioned. The Heat are mentioned. Now, I still think this is a better day for the Suns than not because I still think this had to happen for the Suns to even have a shot at Kevin Durant. He had to be willing to walk the path, willing to say, I'll burn it all down, don't bring me back, I ain't playing for these guys, because that was the only path for the Suns to get Kevin Durant. So I still think this is a good day. It's just a question now of, if they do decide to trade him, do they still take into account where he wants to go, or do they just trade him somewhere, anywhere that's the best deal and like take the best deal. Well, there's no incentive for Marks to help him out now, right? There's no incentive. There never really was to me. You always had to no. make the best deal. But I mean, he's calling for you to be fired. You're going to help him out by put- you might you might intentionally not send him to the place you he might. wants to go. You might because you want to kind of stick it to him a little bit on the way out. But then this is where Kevin Durant can have another flex. He flexed with the owner over the weekend, said me or him. His next flex is to say to the team that's gearing up to trade for him, uh-uh, I ain't playing for you either. Okay, but then man. I know. And there's I only know. so many of those you have in your but, back but, pocket. But as you said, it's very clear this is how the sausage gets made, right? This is how the NBA works. The players control. The players dictate. And through back channels, Kevin Durant obviously has the power to go to the owner and say, fire the GM, fire the coach, or I want out. He also has the pa- the power to have his people call, let's say, the Miami Heat. Or let's say the Toronto Raptors. Hey, don't bother, man. I don't want to play for you. Boston, don't bother, man. I don't want to play for you. I want to go to Phoenix. That's the only place I want to go. If he's got the juice and the guts to play this card with the Nets? Would he play a second card? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, don't, the, don't trade for the, me. I ain't going there. But the Nets, the Nets just have to do what's best for them. Of I course. don't care what you say. You but, deal with, I, you're out of my hair now. I'm going to make the best trade uh, I can make, and, and you're their problem now. I understand that, but it does affect the quality of offers the Nets get for Kevin Durant. Unless that team believes that they're going to be, that he's going to be so happy. Cha- yeah, right. And that's why I've always said, like, if you're a quality organization with a good head coach and a good stable GM, and you've got a good team and you can win, you probably feel like, okay, you're going to be happy here. Now, if you're the, if you're Charlotte, you don't want to trade for Kevin Durant because it's, you know, it's it's not a stable organization. You're changing coaches a lot and GMs and stuff. So that might not. But if you're a stable, if you're Miami, if you're Boston, if you're Phoenix, if you're Golden State, you might feel like, hey, I'm going to trade for him because I'm going to get him here and he's going to like it here and we're going to be successful. I still don't think they're ever going to trade him to Boston. They got burned so badly on that the first time. I just don't think they'll do it again. I don't even think Boston. Maybe they give up Jalen Brown, but for that's him. the best player that they. Oh, can that's get. the best player they can get. I just don't know if they'll get like all the draft picks they might want. I don't think they're going to get that from Boston because Boston's so close to a title as it is now. I would worry about Miami. I'm not worried about Toronto. Does Miami have to offer? I don't know. But but then but at this point, you're just taking the best you can get. You can, you're taking and that's the, why you, if you're the Suns, you've got to hope that you can put a package of all the draft picks together and a few players. And I think the Suns would love to be able to hold on to Mikhail. Oh, I'm sure they would. But if they, if they can't, they can't. But, I mean, if the Suns could get away with... 
a package of players led by Cam John. Now, you'd have to get more players to get the sure. salary to work because Cam's at a much lower salary than McHale. Jay, so you'd have to give up more players if you gave up Cam. Jay, Dario, Landry. McHale is less players. Yes. You give up McHale, you may only have to give up one other player. Yeah. You give up Cam, you've got to give up two or three other players. But this might be the time, if you're the Suns, to make your very best offer. You know, to make the one that, because this might be the most gettable Kevin Durant is right now. Because the Nets, their heads just have to be swimming right now. And I agree with you. They could totally trade him somewhere. And, man, I don't care whether you want to play it on my headache. But those teams, that will affect the quality of offers they make to the Nets. Hey, man, I know this guy doesn't want to play for me. So I'm not going to offer you the sun and the moon and the stars. Because if he gets here and he demands a trade for me a year later, I can't sacrifice all that stuff to get a guy he may, who doesn't want to be here. He may not be saying all of that stuff for the simple reason that nothing came out today that he reiterated his preferences to go to the Suns. Not at all. No, not at all. So it might be like, okay, listen, I'm not going to get to go where I want to go. I just need to get out of here because I don't... Something happened to where he is soured on the head coach and the GM. He soured on them. Yeah. And so at this point, he might be just satisfied to get out of there and not have to play for that organization. He might be, or he might, as we you know suggested earlier, he might know what buttons to push to get out of town. He might not actually be soured on Steve Nash. Oh, it's a great button. It's a good button to push. It's, it's like fire the coach of the GM button. Yeah. Yeah. Them or me button. Yeah, that's a good button to it's push. A, I mean, it's basically what, an ultimatum. Whether he believes it or not, it's almost irrelevant. It's the button to push to try to get your way out of town. Yeah, there's there's nothing in the athletic article that either mentions the Suns or mentions where KD wants to go. All I'm resting this conversation on is the idea previously he had stated a desire to play for the Phoenix Suns. Does that still exist? I don't know. I would think it would. The Suns have done a remarkable job. I mean, other than the DeAndre Ayton contract that they're locked into now and they can't trade him, of keeping their options very open. Right, they have not moved any of their assets. They still, they are still in a position to give up a boatload of first round picks and players to match salary. Yep, and two decent players in Mikel and they're Kim. in it. If they get they're him, it's it. not because they didn't, they weren't prepared for it. Hey, we can't get them because we don't have the first round picks. No, they have it. We can't get them because we don't have the players to match up. No, they have it. Like they, they, they put themselves in a position to be a player in this thing, and yeah. I still think that they are. Although most of the odds do not favor the Suns getting. Let them. me ask you a question, and admittedly, I'm stalling. Time here a little bit because I'm trying to time this up with the end of practice. Do these shenanigans, for lack of a better word, from Kevin Durant make you more nervous about acquiring them if you're the Suns? I mean, no. He, he went he went nuclear today, right? No. He he burned it down. Are, you're signing up for four years of Kevin Durant. Are you sure you're going to get four years of no trauma from Kevin Durant? And does that give you a pause at all? And you say no. No. I mean, is these players are just so rare. These superstar first ballot Hall of Famers, legendary, th- these guys are rare. And, you know, you got to deal with that. That's why I was saying, like, you know, you're not paying attention if you don't realize that the, the, these star players are running things. I mean, what you're seeing now, it, it's just obvious, right? It's just a depiction of what really happens. Of course. This is what really happens with star players. They they dictate what a lot of the things that go on in a row. Steph Curry dictates everything that goes on with Golden State. He keeps that whole thing together. Mm-hmm. You know, these star players, LeBron is dictated things forever. Star players will dictate what happens. A lot of times it's just done behind the scenes. This is just very, very public because this is what he needed to do. He needed to make it public. Hey, I didn't want to have to go here, but I'm not playing for Nash and Marks. 
I didn't like I hadn't said anything in a month, but I was hoping you trade me. You didn't. Okay, here's the real reason. I'm not playing for those guys. I'll give him credit. I didn't know if he had the guts to do this. I really didn't. I didn't I didn't know if he had the guts to play this card. And he played it. And he played it with vengeance, right? He played it with force. Like, yep, nope. Those two gotta go. And, and you know, listen. If Devin Booker came out today and said, "Look, you got to fire the coach, or I'm not playing here," he'd have the power. You fire the coach. He'd have the power to do it. <laughs> All right. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it looks like they're about to wrap up practice. So when we come back, we are going to be joined by the star backer of this defense, Isaiah Simmons. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo show. Camp takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. All right, back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We are live from Arizona Cardinals training camp. We're here at State Farm Stadium. Cardinals are still on the field. Uh, as soon as they go walking off, we are going to be joined by Isaiah Simmons, star backer for this team, expected to play a number of different positions for the team. Of course, that'll dominate our conversation with him. We're just looking forward to speaking with him about his role this year. We probably will even see him a little bit at cornerback at some point this season. And uh, it reminds us of a story that was written over the weekend by Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com in which he took a look at the Achilles heel of 14 different Super Bowl contenders. First of all, I was impressed the Cardinals made the cut. Honestly, <laughs> a Super no. Super Bowl contender. It was right, just like, good. okay, oh, whoa, they put yeah. the Cardinals in a story. I'm impressed. I, I like yeah, that very, the, very again, much. The NFC stinks. It does. The Cardinals are a contender just because the NFC is not very good. Yep. Um, so the Achilles heel for the 14 Super Bowl hopefuls. He listed the Cardinals as one of them. Cornerback. He said that is their Achilles heel. Yep. It is their cornerback position. I mean, like, we all know that. <laughs> like, you might say pass rush, um, but there are guys that have the potential to jump in and, and help the pass rush. The two kids that they drafted, and Majai Sanders out of Cincinnati and the San Diego State kid, Cameron Thomas, uh, both of those guys have the, the ability to help. You still have Marcus Golden, who's a double-digit sack guy, but the, clearly the cornerback spot is is the, their greatest need. I, I continue to say it. I do believe help is on the way, and I do believe it is going to come in the form of a trade. Ooh. That a trade will be the way oh, okay. that they get the cornerback. You there are some suggested that on Friday, but are you really leaning now towards I'm like that? I'm like ninety percent now on that. Like you mentioned, a player. I think you mentioned in your email a player uh, that is available that just got cut. Was it? Um, it was uh, DeAndre, Baker. DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker. Yeah, average cornerback. I think they may kick the tires and take a look. But again, I think that there may be better cornerbacks out there for them to get via trade. So I expect. My expectations are that the Cardinals will trade for a cornerback. I hinted at that last week, and I'm becoming a little more certain of it now. I expect it's going to be trade. You'll get a better one that way. I would suspect. Yes. I imagine a team would be trading from depth. You know, they have a bunch of corners that right. they like, and they're more than happy to get. You know, they were going to probably cut him anyway, but if we can get a fifth rounder for him, we might as well get a fifth rounder for yeah. him. Um, but it, it, it's interesting now that, that you were kind of dipping your toes into those waters the other day, and it now it sounds like you're swimming around in that pool. Like, yeah, that's what yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, I've jumped into that pool. I do not think that there is a you know a free agent out there that they're going to sign. They've obviously, I mean, we're we're well past the week into camp and they haven't signed a cornerback. I just don't think there's any that they like. I don't think Robert Alford's coming back. I don't think he wants to play. 
Kevin King was a guy they looked at, but I think that they that's not going to happen. So I'm expecting, uh, you know, Baker again. I mean, Baker's just an average player. I think that they feel that they could do better by going out there and trading for a player. And they need to do better, to your point. They do. They have to. To your point. I mean, you can't settle for average. they got to try to find a player that could play. Well, it's uh, to, your, to your point, when, we, when I mentioned the story, you're like, duh, of course. Yes, everybody knows it. And, and the fact that they haven't done anything about it yet makes me think that you're right, that, that rather than sign one of these guys, they must not like any of them enough to be able to give them what they want. You can't go into the season with what you've got back there. You can't. You, you, you've got to have more. You've got to have better. You've got to, even at this point, it's not a quality thing. It's a quantity thing. You just have to be better prepared for the season. I mean, heck, even Barnwell in the piece, he's like, for the life of me, I just can't understand why they haven't done something about it. They're going to. I, I, I know they're going to. It's just a question of when and at this point, how are they going to do something about it, you know? I think that, yeah, I think that you're right um, with the depth. I think that's the, what I'm looking at. There are a lot of teams out there that have a lot better cornerback depth than the Arizona Cardinals do. They may have six players that they like. Um, obviously, you know, the, the guys at four, five, and six are going to be lesser players than top two and three. But, you know, instead of just, you know, cutting a guy, they get in, in, because once they, if it's a veteran player and you cut him, you know, that guy's not on the waiver. Like anybody could just sign him. He's a free agent. So that's where the Cardinals are going to feel like, okay, we got to trade for that player. I'll give up a sixth round pick. And the team will be like, I'd rather get something than nothing. So I do think that that's the route to go. I don't have a player yet to tell you like which guy I think it is, but I think they are definitely canvassing the market right now with some of these other teams and, and looking at other rosters and realizing that we could probably trade for a cornerback that is going to be better than somebody we can get as a free agent. And the other point is that 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 player is very likely somebody that is, you know, that's in camp now, practicing, practicing in shape, not sitting on the right, couch, not sitting on not, the couch. Yeah, they're, they're involved right. in football activities right now. Not somebody that hasn't played and is just working out on his own, you know, at the LA Fitness, and, and you know needs to, you know, needs a month to get ready for the season. No, whoever they get is going to be somebody that can come in and play right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place here. I'm, yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's take a quick break, guys. And if uh, Isaiah is ready, let's take a break. When we come back, I imagine by then we'll have Isaiah Simmons here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're live here at Cardinals Training Camp, the State Farm Stadium press box where we've been doing this show. Practice just wrapped up a few moments ago. And joining us right now from the broadcast location downstairs right off of the field, the starbacker for the Arizona Cardinals defense. It's easier than just listing everything else he does. It's just simple and to the point, and everybody knows what I means anyway. The starbacker for the Cardinals defense, Isaiah Simmons, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Isaiah, welcome back to the show. I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I'm sitting here watching Eno Benjamin try field goals. He's got pretty good distance. Have you ever, have you ever after practice, tried to kick a few? I've tried. You know, it's a little harder than it looks. You know, um, I haven't quite quite got that one down yet. So. Yeah, he's got it lined up at the 40-yard line right now, and he's got no height on it, but he's got some distance. All right, let, let, let's, let's talk about you. I mean, every story that I'm looking at right now, Pro Football Focus thinks Isaiah Simmons has the most to prove. 
Isaiah Simmons is going to be used all over the defense. Isaiah Simmons wants to be a star at Starbacker. Isaiah doesn't see massive changes in the role. Everything's 100% slowed down ahead of this pivotal third season. Tell me so far, how has camp gone for you? Um, I think it's been very successful, you know, just not only me, but just for our defense as a whole. Um, seems like we're all gelling together very well. Um, I have a lot of team chemistry within one of another. And, you know, you can feel you can feel just something special that's cooking up. Do you feel like you've got the most to prove out of anybody on this team going into this third season for yourself? Um, you know, I don't really look at it like that. You know, I just try to take it one down at a time and just be the best player, best teammate I can for myself. Um you know, I know there's a lot of so-called pressure, as people want to say it, but, you know, pressure makes diamonds. So I'm just out here trying to be the best player I can be. So you don't – you you acknowledge that the, that there are people who would say you're under pressure, but you don't feel that pressure. Is it safe to say that way? Yeah, no, because I'm not here to prove anything for, you know, fans or um, the experts that they say that they are. So I'm just out here for my guys, not so much trying to prove anything to anyone else. Uh, Starbacker Isaiah Simmons joining us here on the Burns and Gamble Show. Let's just talk about that for a second. I, I, we heard your press conference. We played some of your sound bites from it last week. Are you are you still digging that name? You good with that, Starbacker? Because it seems like that's about the coolest nickname any football player could have. No, yeah, definitely. I like it. I think I think it's a good name. You know, some some different. Got a little pizzazz to it. So <laughs> I'm liking it. I'm liking it. You got to live up to it, though, right? I mean, that's a, to get a cool nickname. You kind of got to live up to it. Yeah, got to, got to. Let, let, let's talk about look in, in your NFL career. You've been in the you played in the box, you played on defensive line, you've been in the slot, you've had snaps at cornerback, you've had snaps at free safety. You know you've been playing a little bit of everywhere. So this isn't new to you that this is going to be your role. But tell me why you think this is best fitted for you. Um, ultimately, I feel that way just because that's what got me here. That's what got me to the Cardinals. Uh, that's what got me to the NFL. Um, I just feel like it just emulates what Coach Venables had me doing uh, with Clemson. And, you know, I feel that we had a lot of success there. So hoping for the same here. Did it, did it seem like in the beginning when you first got to the NFL, like, hey, to make it easier on you, we're just going to have you concentrate on being a linebacker and not be all over the field? Is that Was the thought process that it would be easier for you to just play one position? Yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of what was thought would be best for me, but... In all honesty, I feel since I learned conceptually that it kind of helps me to be able to play in different positions just so I can have the knowledge of knowing where everyone is and the guys around me. So it gives me just a total knowledge of our entire defense opposed to just honing in on one position. Isaiah Simmons, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show, without telling us, unless you really, really want to, do you have a pretty good idea of where you're going to be spending the majority of your time defensively this year? Yeah, I guess that's just for everybody to find out. <laughs> I was going to say, it's up to you. I, it's it's no pressure. I mean, if you want to tell us, you can tell us. But something tells me you might get in trouble if you do. But you, you have a pretty good idea where you're going to be lining up most of the year? Um, you know, it. I think I do have a pretty good idea. But, you know, things can always change depending on circumstances. So, Is there a position through your time at Clemson or your time here that comes easier to you, both e- either physically, mentally, in terms of your ability to kind of conceptualize it, go out there and do it. Is there one that you would say you feel the most comfortable doing of all the things that you've ever been asked to do, Isaiah? Yeah, so I feel like I get this question a lot, um, but I think that's kind of what 
makes me who I am is because of my comfort level at all the different levels. Um, I don't feel like awkward and out of place when I'm um, next to JJ on the line of scrimmage or if I'm back with Buddha. Um, I, I just... I'm just comfortable everywhere, so I feel like that's that's really what kind of makes me who I am. You know, this people look at this as a big year for you because the, the Cardinals can make a decision as to whether they're going to pick up you know your, that fifth year option or not. Um, they didn't do it with Hassan Reddick. He ended up leaving and, and becoming a very good football player. You know, after he after he left, do you think about that? Is is the finances and, and having that fifth year option something that weighs on your mind? No, not really. I'm just trying to focus on making sure that we're playing here at the end of the year. So that's really what's been at the top of my mind so far. You were third on the team in tackles last year. I mean, overall, I thought you had a good season. Did you? When you finished the season, were you were you satisfied with the way you played? No, not at all. Um, I don't really feel like I'm my biggest critic, so I'm not really ever satisfied with my play, regardless of how good or bad of a game I have. I always feel like there's something that I could do better. So um, in spite of me maybe being third on the team in tackles, um, I just feel like there's a lot more that I could have done and a lot that you know I left on the table that I wish you know I could get back, but obviously we can't. So the focus is, is eliminating those mistakes this year and making new mistakes. Was there? I was just going to ask, was there something specific about last year that you felt like, okay, I've got to get better at that, I've got to improve, or was it just more of the the general approach to your game? I'd just say more of the general approach to the game. Um, you know, as a second-year player, um, learning just the game of the NFL um, it still was something kind of new to me, and now just being around so many great vets that have been able to help me out, I feel like I've, I'm getting such a better grasp of it and um, just gaining more knowledge day by day. You know, with, with Chandler gone, I think you know it's obvious this team is, is going to be looking for ways to, to get to the quarterback. I envision you lighting up at that slot cornerback position and the, corner, the quarterback looking, is he coming, is he not coming? Is it, how do you disguise, on when, and I know you're going to want to go, when that call comes in that you're going, how do you disguise it enough to, where, to make the quarterback think that you're going to be in coverage? No, just to make everything look the same. So can't, can't give any tips and hints away because we play some pretty good quarterbacks this year, you know, like that guy Tom Brady. You know, he, he's not too bad of a player. No, he's not. Uh, we've heard of that he's guy. Old, yeah, we've though. heard of him. Yeah. Slow. You can get, he's slow. You can get to him. Yeah, but his brain thing's really fast, though. Really <laughs> fast. <laughs> really fast. His brain thing. I like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm never going to forget that you said that, Isaiah, as long as I live. His brain thing is pretty fast. No, his brain yeah. thinks really fast. Oh, thinks. I'm thinks sorry. Really his fast. brain fast. thing is pretty fast. <laughs> it was funnier the way yeah. I thought you said it. That was really, really good. His brain thing is really fast. But that's got to be an exciting part. Like, you know, it's it, at safety, you get to see the whole field and, and watch the plays develop a little bit more. And I understand the, you know, the benefit of playing safety. At corner, man, the ability to cover a running back, a tight end, a receiver, I know that's exciting to you, but also just that ability to rush the passer. That's got to be something that you feel like you could really make an impact on this team with. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Chandler, I spent some time, a lot of time with him last year just trying to pick, at, pick his brain and learn some things that he's done. Because, um, you know, it's not too many guys who uh, had 100-plus sacks in the NFL and just being able to be on a team with two guys who do have over 100 sacks on the NFL I definitely pick at their brains and try to figure out some things that I can incorporate into my game how hard is it to not leave your feet when you get that fake these quarterbacks like the Tom Brady's who think fast like the ability to say okay he's coming the only way to get him off of me is to fake a, to a pump fake to, how hard is it to not leave your feet to try to deflect the ball and continue to go to 
towards the quarterback? It can be tough at times, but you know, just me realizing my how big and long my frame is, um, just knowing that I can affect the pass in that way while still staying on my feet is uh, something that I just always keep in the back of my mind. Isaiah Simmons, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Of course, fair or not, right or wrong, a lot of people kind of tie you and Zayvon together, even though you've been here a year longer. So many people are looking for kind of a progress report on how he's doing going into year two. How does he look, and how much are you kind of helping him along based off of your experience from just the year prior? Um, I, I feel like he's really matured, um, just growing into his own player, um, gaining more confidence each and every day. Uh, he's a very smart kid with a crazy athletic ability with him being 260, being able to run that fast and move the way he does. So um, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do for us this year. I think the other thing is just the two kids that you got that do have the ability to rush the passers in, in Cam Thomas and Majai Sanders. You know, as, as a guy who's now been here for a few years, do, you, do they lean on you? Do you try to help them a little bit with what they're doing? Yeah, you know, I, I've kind of left that to, you know, Dennis and Marcus Golden because um, those are two guys that also know what they're doing pretty well, I would say, yes. um, with, especially with Marcus leading the team in sacks last year. So um, when I can help them out, I do, but, you know, also let our vets be vets. You had mentioned the idea of playing here in the final game of the season. The the last two Super Bowl champs playing in their home building, uh, how much do you honestly think about that when it comes to the, the precedent that's been set in that regard? No, I feel like um, you know, stars may be aligning, but also we got a lot of work to put in. Um, you know, we're a long way from there and it's it's not going to be easy. Um, I just know just how hard it is to come in and win game game in and game out. Um, you know, there may be favorites, but anybody can win on any given Sunday. Um, so we got some work to do, and I'm really looking forward to see what our team's going to be able to do this season. All right, I watched Eno kick about five or six, uh, you know, from about 30 to 40 yards. Tell him, tell him to stick to his day job when you see him, okay? <laughs> we'll do. Well, but if you do end up doing the kicking thing, I mean, it's just another thing we're going to have to add to your resume. So, you know, if, if you want to try it, we wouldn't stop you. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I might have to give it a shot. <laughs> Thanks, Isaiah. We appreciate the time. Yep, thank you. Got Isaiah Simmons, Jordan. Joining us here live from State Farm Stadium in the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, the ASU Sun Devils, they are getting on the field, getting ready for their season opener and what is going to be a very, very tough stretch to start the season. We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Live from State Farm Stadium here covering Cardinals training camp. It's our final day out here at Cards Camp. We're going out with a bang. We've got Buda Baker coming up in just a few minutes at some point in the 4 o'clock hour. And we just got done talking with Isaiah Simmons. Now, before we talk about what's going on with ASU, let's react a little bit to our conversation with yeah. Isaiah. What stood out to you in our conversation there? Well, not really thinking about the 50-year option, right, which you thought, you know, you would think third year, okay, am I going to get that option picked up? It's a lot of money. Uh, you know, not really thinking about that, right? And also, like, you know, not feeling when I asked him about, you know, oh, pro football focus said you got the most to prove. Doesn't think like that, right? I'm not thinking about proving anything to the fans. I'm not proving anything to the people that cover the team. I'm just, you know, I'm just about, I just want to go out there and play and help my teammates and do the best I can. So I think he said all the right things today. Oh, I think he definitely says all the right things. He, he definitely, 
he certainly understands the unique position that he's in. I think he definitely hears the noise, even though he doesn't want to acknowledge that they're... He acknowledges their noise. He just doesn't want to acknowledge that it's affecting him, talking about the pressure, right? Because like, we've we've talked about it, and, and we've talked about it kind of openly and honestly on our show. He needs to be great this year. And if, if the Cardinals want to deploy him as a star backer and have him play here and have him play there, great. Whatever extracts the best version out of Isaiah Simmons, I don't care. You don't care. No. I don't think anybody really cares where he plays because he's got to be great this year. And there is, whether he wants to say it's affecting him or not, I'm cool with that. It's him. He can approach it however he wants. There is pressure on him this year to be great. To be great and have the fifth-year option yep. picked up so there's no doubt about it because if the fifth-year option doesn't get picked up, you start talking about you're going to lose the guy. You're going to lose the guy. Yeah, although like, we talked about could. last week, though, I would I would find it very difficult to believe the fifth-year option isn't going to be picked up. Because he's already played good enough to me. Yeah. Like, he's already played good enough to justify it. He would have to have a setback this year to not have it picked up. I thought, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, I thought he got pretty excited when we talked about his ability to rush the passer from the cornerback spot. I think I got pretty excited about, you know, that's a spot where I can really make a difference. Yeah, I just got to disguise it. I've got to make it look like the same coverage all the time and then get that ability to go. I think you said it earlier, not today, but at some point a week ago, last week, whenever. I think that's going to be his most impactful spot on the football field for them. I think that's where you're going to for last. First of all, it's easy to notice a player rushing the quarterback, right? Because it's got a very direct kind of one-to-one result. You rush the quarterback and the quarterback sacked or he's hurried or he's pressured or whatever. But I bet of all the things they try him out at this year, of all the different positions he plays, I bet that's the one he's the best at. I, I bet that's the one where he makes the biggest impact on the football field. I don't know. what. Maybe it's a combination of them needing another edge rusher, and that just might be the way it works out for him because he can disguise where he's coming from and when he's coming as often as he can. I bet that's his best spot this year. I have a feeling I think it's where be. he can make the most impact because but again that's, that's where I think he'll yeah, make the most impact yeah. whether he plays it you know how much he plays that position is going to be inter- okay so so far he has played 789 snaps in the box 326 on the defensive line, 236 in the slot, 39 at cornerback, and 10 at free safety. So he has had 236 snaps in the slot. And again, but then a lot less at corner. See, he's only had a total of 49 snaps at cornerback and safety. I think that's what they changed this year the most because they need help at corner, (laughs) right? They need help at corner. They need help in the secondary. So I think you're going to see that number come up quite a bit, and I think you'll see less snaps in the box. Yeah, here's Isaiah Simmons on the pressure that he feels to be great. I don't really look at it like that. You know, I just try to take it one down at a time and just be the best player, best teammate I can for myself. Um, You know, I know there's a lot of so-called pressure, as people want to say it, but, you know, pressure makes diamonds. So I'm just out here trying to be the best player I can be. The old classic, I believe it was Charles Barkley who came up with that line first. Pressure makes diamonds? Pressure makes diamonds. It might have been somebody before that, but... uh, uh, but, yeah, he uh, using that line. 
And the idea that he needs to prove himself this year was something else we asked him about. No, because I'm not here to prove anything for, you know, fans or um, the experts that they say that they are. So I'm just out here for my guys, not so much trying to prove anything to anyone else. Tell you, the other thing that stood out to me, too, was uh, he knows full well where he's going to be lining up the majority of the time. He knows full well. And we're not going to learn it during preseason, I can tell you that. Because they're not going to show it. Of course. I, I, they're not going to give defensive coordinators no way. a, a, no a way. Wherever he's going to line up the most is where he'll play the least in the preseason. Of course. Of course. Maybe we'll use that as our guide. Yeah. You know, or maybe they'll try to double reverse psych us out by playing him the most at the position he's going to play the most at, thinking that we'll think that's not going to be the position you he's going to get him. At. You do want to get him some reps in that in those spots. You in do. In situations, yeah. not just practice. So it's yeah. not like he's not going to play. They'll probably have him play a little bit of everything in the preseason games and keep people guessing. He knows, though. He knows exactly where he's going to be. And I, I have a, I just have a feeling about edge rusher. I just have a feeling that that's where he'll play a bunch, right? You don't get the term star backer, but I bet <laughs> rushing the passer is something that we will see quite a bit of. All right, that was our reaction to uh, Isaiah Buda Baker. Uh, he's no longer on the field signing autographs. Uh, he stayed here signing a whole bunch. We're going to hear from him at some point in the four o'clock hour. We're not sure when, but Gambo is the unofficial president of the Buda Baker fan club. So I'm sure when he's on his way up here, he'll send Gambo a text and let him know that he's let me know he's, he's coming. coming. Well, I'm sure you are the president of his fan club. I'm sure. In the meantime, the other football team in town, uh, obviously the ASU Sun Devils, they're getting ready for their season opener coming up in just a few weeks, and they're the first coaches poll came out today for college football, and it's heavy with Pac-12 schools near the top. The Pac-12 plays three teams in the top 15. Utah 8, Oregon 12, USC 15. Say whatever you want about the Trojans. They haven't left yet. They're still a team that ASU is going to have to deal with this year. The preseason college poll, like I mentioned, Utah 8, USC 15, throw in Oklahoma State at number 11, and as our friend Doug Tamaro points out over at ASU Gambo, ASU has number 8 at number 11 and at number Ooh, 15 out of the gates in the first five in the first games five games of the season. Just trying to prepare us early for what could be a rough start for ASU. They are they are home against Utah at Oklahoma State at USC. Those three programs in the first five games of their upcoming schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, this will be interesting because USC is no longer going to be in the conference in a couple of years. And, you know, we, we anticipate Oregon being a team that could be on the way out. There were five Pac-12 coaches who were in on the voting process, including both Herm Edwards and Jed Fish. Um, so they both got in there. Alabama, the consensus, number one. Ohio State is number two. And Georgia is number three. Clemson uh, is four. Isaiah Simmons, old school, Notre Dame five. That rounds out your top five. But three teams in the top 15. Look, I, I don't know that it would that it matters, but, man, it would be really nice if the Pac-12 could get a team in the college football playoffs. They haven't had one in quite some time. They've really struggled in that area. Uh, it would be nice to get it. Every year there's always that one team that kind of think they're in contention. But, you know, in the end, I mean, the SEC's too strong. The Big Ten's too strong. And it's been hard, you know, to get some Somebody in, but uh, you know, so that you would need a run, right? You would need Utah, or Oregon, or USC, somebody to go undefeated to give the conference a chance to get in there. It's a ridiculously tough start to the schedule for ASU today. After practice, Herm Edwards was asked who his starting quarterback will be, and uh, he 
played the card that coaches play. How much closer are you to, to knowing who your starting quarterback is going to be? Uh, we'll probably make an announcement here shortly. I got an idea, but I don't want the opponent to know. They can study for all four of us. He doesn't want the lumberjacks to know who the starting quarterback is. But you could start a quarterback and they beat the lumberjacks. I mean, I, I, hey, look, I love my alma mater. I love all three in state schools. I went to all three in state schools. I love them all. I you hate really none of them. I love them all. I do. I really. I'm just a lover, huh? I, 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 I don't have any. I'm a total mercenary. When I, that day, I'll root for NAU because it'd be a cool upset if they could spring it. But, that, right. but, but I can that's root what for, you graduated from. I, yeah, but I can root for whoever I want, whenever I want. I, I am. I went to all three. I could root for all of them. I, I'm beholden to none of them. Absolutely. It's a great. I mean, but seriously, you don't want. You're worried that NAU, you're going to, like, tip him off as to how to prepare for him. Come on. Come on. Herm doesn't uh, Herm doesn't sound. I think it'll be the Florida kid. I, I'm Emory pretty sure Jones. it's going to be Emory I think Jones. that's who's going to be. The, Paul Tyson the is in the mix. Yeah. Uh, Trent Bourget is in the mix. I mean, there are guys in the mix, but but Emory Jones certainly seems like he's going to be the guy. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we will be joined by the guy for whom Gambo is going to get his jersey for his birthday this year. Buddha Baker will join us in our booth next here on the Burns and Gambo Show.